Okay, 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 okay. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 184 of Electrified. I'm your host, Eric Lyons. What's going on, people? I'm back. I'm back in the most amazing way. You guys haven't heard from me since mid-May. I took a month, what, a month and a half off? It's been a long vacation, if you want to call it that. I just want to say, um, if you do what I do, if you get on the microphone and you talk sports and you know who I am or you know what I do or you don't, even if you don't, right? But if you're in this field, I hope you enjoyed my vacation. Um, I won't be taking another one anytime soon. Um, so I hope you got what you needed to get done while I was gone. But I'm back now. Thank y'all for holding down the fort for me while I was gone and, and giving the people content. But you know what they was really looking for. They was looking for the most electrifying man in all of sports. All of sports. That's what he was looking for. He was looking for me. I'm back. I ain't going nowhere. No time soon. Don't get it twisted. Understand what I'm saying? Happy to be back though. New month, new blessings, new opportunities. Um, a lot has went on since we last spoke. Um, championships were won. Things happened. Uh, we we will be t- discussing some things today. Um, but this past weekend was interesting too. Um, Vegas, Vegas was live, man. Vegas was live on a Saturday night. Now, all my WWE fans out there. You guys remember the Money in the Bank promo when uh, Cody Rhodes was uh, in uh, Legion Stadium, right? And he was talking about the uh, Money in the Bank. And that was the promo for it. It was in the stadium. And the pay-per-view was supposed to be in the stadium. So all this week, I'm like, oh, man, they're going to be at the stadium this Sunday, uh, this Saturday. I wonder what the stage is going to look like, blah, 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 blah. Let's get closer to the event. I think it was about Thursday, I Realized that the show was going to be at MGM. It's like, what? Like, since when? I I really didn't know this. So I go back. I Google it. This announcement got made like May 26th. I mean, quietly, though. Like, when they told us they was going to be at Allegiant, it was loud. It was a very loud announcement. But when they told us they weren't, it was very quiet. You go from Allegiant. To MGM, not even T-Mobile. You couldn't even go to T-Mobile. Why? UFC was at T-Mobile. On the same night, you went head up with Dana White. I, I, I. But the pay-per-view was actually good. I watched it. Oh, excuse me. The premium live event. Sorry. It was actually pretty good. I did watch uh, most of it. Uh, Liv Morgan and One Money in the Bank cashed in on Ronda Rousey. She's a new SmackDown Women's uh, Champion. Uh... Austin Theory dropped his U.S. title to Bobby Lashley. Then would go on to win Money in the Bank later that night. It was a good, it was a good event. And then I see the word uh, "boring" was trending on Twitter. So what are they talking about? They were talking about Israel Adesanya's uh, fight in UFC. I didn't watch the fight because I just didn't feel like it. I was tired. And I had a feeling the type of fight it was going to be. Because last time I watched him fight, it was a snooze fest. And apparently this is what it was. This, this previous fight was as well. This most recent fight was as well. 
Then he had the goal, the audacity. While Vince McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, Triple H, and Pat McAfee are all in attendance. He came out with this big black hat and urn. The lights were dark. He came out to the Undertaker's music. Okay. If you're going to come out to the Undertaker's music and do the Undertaker's entrance, I expect you to get in that ring and put somebody to sleep. Right? I want rest in peace, somebody. He didn't. It went all five. It went all five, man. Here's my thing about the UFC. You guys know I'm a boxing guy. I always will be. And, and I hate when people try to say, oh, boxing is boring. It's not enough action. But my UFC. But, but. Here's the thing about UFC. My expectations going into UFC are I want to see something wild happen. I want to see somebody get put to sleep. I want to see somebody tap out. Don't want to see a bunch of holding and wrestling on the ground and up against the cage, bumping and grinding on the cage. I don't, I don't want to see that. I can go to the club and see that. Don't want to see that on my TV. When I'm, I'm, I'm expecting violence. Either the fight's going to be over in the first 30 seconds. Or it's, it's going to go all five rounds. And I'm, It's just not my thing, man. Like I, can't, I really can't get excited about UFC to a certain extent. I, I can't. I, I really can't. Simply can't. And yeah, no. No thanks. No thanks. Because, listen, man, a five-round UFC fight and a 12-round boxing match are two different things. A lot can happen in 12 rounds. A lot can happen in 12 rounds. 12, you can watch some of the best fight goals, fights go all 12. Maybe there have been some good five-round UFC fights, but I just feel like they were much more boring. I'm so sorry, UFC fans, MMA fans, but I cannot get jiggy with it. Like, the cards be looking good, man. Like, Dana, he does know how to put on a show, but they don't always follow through. And um, he ain't paying nobody, so. But that's another story. But, yeah, man, I, I didn't watch that fight. And I'm glad I didn't. I would have been upset if I wasted my time and energy on that boring fight. Because it would have probably put me to sleep. Because ain't nobody else get put to sleep. But I would have got put to sleep. But... Enough chit chat, man. Let's let's get into the business. We got things to talk about today. Um, yeah, let's take a look at the docket. We're going to talk about. I'm finally going to talk about the Deshaun Watson situation. Uh, I want to talk about media personalities versus athletes. Um, going to talk football with Devontae and Aaron. I want to ask you guys a question. NBA free agency frenzy, which has been nuts so far, absolutely insane. And then we're going to wrap up with uh, building the hype for Canelo versus Triple G3. So sit back, relax, all right? Get your popcorn, whatever snack of choice. Uh, and just, you know what I mean? Prepare to be electrified, man. Let's get to it. Talking numbers on my phone. Realness in my chromosomes. Picking up another load. Buying gala steak and crow. Can't front them because it's trout too slow. Wham bands on watch and blow. Crazy hunt. Turn on you if you tell them no. You can't get caught lacking in these streets. You gotta stay on go. Many foodie boy don't make me split your cantaloupe. Tell me how they enjoy living when they out here dead broke. Tesla died switching wheels. Crypto trap I double deal. Only stop magazines we ain't doing aftermarket clips. Shotty got a crazy body. I love her face. I love her heels. Should I take the plug off? Right now I'm on the fence. We gonna crush our competition. We the wrong ones to go against. Whew. Okay. So. 
I chose not to address this until more clarity came to the situation. I didn't want to jump the gun and get out there before I knew the things that I know now. Um, this has been a, a long, ongoing situation with a lot of moving pieces uh, over these last couple months. And I didn't know where I... I I wasn't going to pick a side, right? I wasn't going to stand on anybody's side. I wasn't going to defend him or uh, berate the victim. I, I wasn't doing that. That wasn't. I wasn't going to jump out there and do that. I wanted to sit back, watch the situation unfold, see what was going to happen, watch the details come out, see if he settled, stuff like that, right? So that time that has happened. Times have passed. And now that I've gotten more clarity on the situation, it's clear as day that something is wrong here. Something's wrong. If I'm in a classroom, if I'm in a kindergarten, say say we're in kindergarten, right? And somebody goes and towels on you. The teacher might be like, eh, did he really do that? He might, she might talk to you, be like, hey, Eric, stop it. Hey, stop it, blah, blah, blah. Somebody else goes to tell on you. Then somebody else goes and tells on you. Then somebody else goes and tells on you. Then somebody else goes and tells on you. Now your teacher's concerned. What are you doing to the students in class? Why are you why are you bothering them? Somebody else goes. Somebody else goes. Somebody else goes. Somebody else goes. Everybody can't be lying. Right? That's how I feel about this situation. You don't get 20 plus. Sexual assault allegations Without there being any truth to it You can say oh It's a smear campaign They're working together Can't be Can't be because all of their stories sound Different Meaning it doesn't sound like They're all colluding together And coming up with this Because some of this stuff You can't even write it I'm not going to repeat it because I don't want to, it's nasty um, The information is public It's out there, if you want to go seek it You can, but I don't really Want to discuss the details of it It's nasty But I'll touch a couple things But not It's nasty, okay You don't get You don't get all of those accusations Without there being truth to it So, for the people who are still On the fence Come on down. For the people who are still on the other side of the fence defending Deshaun Watson, please stay over there. You're gross. You're weird. Stay over there, man. Because you can't sit here and look at me and say, oh, Deshaun Watson's innocent. How? 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 Granted, we were not in those rooms. But as I previously said, each story that comes out, man, it gets more disturbing. It gets more disturbing. And maybe he didn't force himself on anyone, uh, uh, you know, force himself on anyone or anything to that nature. But something wrong still did happen. And you have to be. Held accountable for that You, you, There is no past There is no let it slide Oh it's Deshaun Watson He's a great 
we, I don't know Deshaun Watson from a can of paint. I don't. No more on the field. You know, I, I did follow him on social media at one point, you know, but we don't know that, man. We don't know him. So the word of the day is accountability. Deshaun Watson, the Texans, the Browns, and the NFL must be held accountable. Deshaun Watson has to be held accountable for what he has done. Because you've done something wrong. You don't settle 20 plus after months of, oh, I'm going to maintain my innocence and prove that what happened to that. You went from... I'm going to prove my innocence to now you're settling the majority of the cases. You're conceding. You're giving up. You're not fighting. Because you know money talks. Your money is very long. And you know you did something wrong. Point blank. I mean, you got your lawyer talking about there's nothing wrong with uh, talking about happy endings aren't illegal. Wow. <laughs> wow. What a defense. What a defense. Are you going to take that to court? Come on, man. Come on. Got to be held accountable. You have to. You know, as a man, I look at this situation. I'm just like, I wouldn't do that, man. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. I don't think anybody in their right mind would. I think that Deshaun Watson genuinely needs to get go get some, himself some help. Uh, because you can't do stuff like this, man. You can't. You can't go. What was the number? 66 masseuses in 18 months? Nobody should even have 66 massage therapists in the, in the span of 18 months. That's nasty. Nobody should have that. No. Why do you even trust 66 people to touch you like that? Like, I'm not talking about even in an intimate fashion. I'm just talking about in general. Why do you need 66 different people to give you a massage? You can't find one and be like, all right, this is my masseuse. I I, I think that's how it should go. But 66, that's crazy. That's crazy to me. So as a guy, I'm looking at this like, bro, I wouldn't do this, man. I wouldn't. Like I said, nobody in their right mind would. It's nasty, it's weird. He has to be held accountable for his actions. The Texans. The Texans clearly, I really think that they knew something was going on. I think they knew about this. Um, and my my theory on it, because you know, there are conspiracy theorists, not conspiracy theorists, but people are going to make their hypotheticals up and how this all came about. And I think that, okay. Sean Watson signs a you know four year deal with the Texans. Things are going okay in Houston, and maybe they know what's been going on with him, the things that he's been doing. Have they been able to protect him? Then he decides he wants out of Houston, and now, oh, you want to leave? Okay, cool. Well, we're not protecting you anymore. That's what it looks like um, to me. And that could have happened. And if, you know, that's the case, I, the Texans got to be held accountable. Because, I mean, now there have been, um, I think it was a suit filed against the Texans. 
for their uh, knowledge of this, uh, you know, what Deshaun Watson was doing. So they've got to be held accountable. The Browns, man. The Browns. Fam. How do you give someone with over 20 sexual assault allegations $250 million guaranteed? How? Barely reviewed the cases. Didn't even know about a couple. Nothing was settled. The cases were still lined up. But you say, okay, we're going to trade for him. And we're going to give him $250 million guaranteed. Because that makes all of the sense in the world. Watson has more accusations than the amount of games he's played in the last two seasons. Fam, clearly something is not correct. But the Browns gave him 250. Browns gave him 250. And the men who gave him the 250, the man who gave him the 250, wasn't even at his introductory press conference. Where were they at? They had to be out of the country somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure they did. They were probably behind the curtain hiding because they knew how nasty that that day was for them. And, hey, we did it. We got our guy. Nasty work by the Browns. And it's staying with the Browns and getting to Sean Watson and bringing him to the team, giving him 250. You don't even know if he's going to be on the field this season. You don't know that. You don't know that. Maybe he gets to be on the field, but you don't know the extent of the time that you're going to lose. Him. Because I think that they have to, if they suspend him, which they should, if you're not going to do the whole season, you got to do half, which is eight or nine. Right? So you don't even know the extent of which he's not going to be on the field, but you still take this chance and give him $250 million guaranteed. You do that while you still have. Baker Mayfield on the roster. Baker Mayfield, who, you know, played his heart out for you guys with the shoulder injury last season. If I'm him, I'm telling y'all, be blessed. Um, I wish y'all the best of luck in y'all future endeavors. Uh, see ya. You know what I mean? Even if they don't trade him this season, I wouldn't hit the field. No way. No way. Like I said before, man, I'm I'm going off somewhere. I'm going to do my Hulu commercials, uh, my progressive commercials. Going to work on my acting chops. I'm I'm not I'm not showing up to Cleveland. No thanks. No thank you. I'm not showing up to the facilities. But football aside, you know, football stuff aside, it's nasty by the Browns. Finally, the NFL must be held accountable. They have to. Because how do you let someone with now only four open cases because the rest of them got settled touch the field? That just doesn't seem right to me. It doesn't seem right to me. You got four open cases, but somehow you get to go play the game of football and get paid to do it. Nah. Nope. If I had four open sexual assault cases, do you think I'd be able to go to work? Probably not. They probably wouldn't want me there. Probably wouldn't want me there. So why should Deshaun Watson be allowed to go do his job? Because at the end of the day, that is his job. That is what he gets paid to do is play quarterback in the NFL. But 
I just don't see him being able to do that. So the NFL better be very careful with the, the suspension they hand out. They have to. Because if it's anything less than one full season, it will show that they take gambling more serious than women. When the Calvin Ridley suspension got handed down, I told you guys I understood it. You got to make an example. Let these guys know that gambling isn't right and it won't be, uh, you know, tolerated in the, in the league. Well, this is what you got to do with Deshaun Watson. Let them know that any type of sexual misconduct, sexual assault, any of that nature, this should have, should have already been common knowledge. But I guess that, you know, these guys, they don't know. You know, I guess they don't know. I guess common knowledge isn't so common at all. Make an example out of them. Why not? You did to Calvin Ridley. Let them know that, hey, if you're going into these massage rooms, going into getting these masseuses, how about you just be normal? Act like you have some sense. Act like you have some home training. Don't be nasty. How about that? So anything less than a full season is crazy to me. And I heard about some type of deal where they would uh, make last season... A one-year suspension, he pays back his $10 million he earned last year, and then they give him eight games for 25 total games. Nope. Nope, because last year, no. No, 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 you can't do that. You can't do that. You, you, you can't. First of all, why are we even making deals with this guy? Come on, man. Why are you guys making deals with him? He's not been accused of stealing candy from uh, the Dollar Tree. No. These are some serious accusations, man. There's no way. You got to give him a full season. Got to. And then the thing is, all right, if you do suspend him this season, if it's not a full season, if it's eight games, whatever the case may be, he still has four open cases. It's not like he settled them all. If he settled them all, okay, I get it. Yeah, there's nothing else, you know, nothing left more legally that they can do. So he his all of his legal troubles are over. Okay, now you can start talking to about an eight game suspension, a four game suspension, six game suspension, whatever it is it's gonna be, and yeah, maybe he touches the field this season. But you still have four cases against you. When will those cases even be over? When do they even start? Apparently, I guess the, the court dates for those will be after this year's Super Bowl. So that's you're talking February, March 2023. That's after the season. How does he touch the field before then without being those cases being settled? I don't know. And here's a friendly reminder to you guys. Just because you don't get charged with something criminally does not mean you did not do something wrong. I, I think that we all should know that. Yes, these court these cases are being charged now, you know, treated as civil cases, but. We just saw a civil case between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, and we heard all the details come out of that. I don't think Deshaun Watson wants to get on, go on trial here for these four cases, man. I don't think so. After what we've already heard from the multiple accounts, do you really want these women to get on the stand in front of the national media, in front of the world? I don't know. I would love to see that, though, because this is why women don't come forward about this type of stuff. They don't get taken serious by the the police, by the government. Especially when you talk about athletes, high profile athletes. The first thing the men do is always berate the women and and, and victim blame and 
oh, they're just after money. Oh, they have to be lying. Why do they have to be lying? Because it's Deshaun Watson? Come on, fam. Come on, fam. Let's be realistic here. Let's be real here. This is why women don't come forward, man. This is exactly why. They flipped the script on them. Make it seem like they were wrong. Made it seem like it was their fault that whatever happened, happened. Or they tried to make it seem like nothing happened at all. It's not that serious. It, 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 it is. It is. It is. Especially in the NFL. You look what's going what has been going on in Washington for years. Still, no repercussions behind that. Barely. Money talks. We know that. We know that. That's clear. We know that. These owners and these GMs, these football players, they have a lot of money. They can pay a lot of people off and make it seem like nothing happened. It's unfortunate, but that's the world we live in. That's why women don't come forward, man. But I'm I'm glad that these, what, 24, 25 women did share their stories. Um, it's unfortunate that they had a story to begin with. But I'm glad that they were brave enough to do so. Don't care when they did it. They did it. If something bad happened to you, you're not going to want to tell somebody immediately. And you know that. It takes time to open up about stuff like that. It does. But like I said, man, I, I just think that NFL, they got to. Everybody here has to be held accountable for their actions. It starts with Deshaun Watson and it finishes with the NFL, point blank. Point blank. So let's move on to a more lighter subject, a much lighter subject. It's been a lot of beef going on. In the month of June, this last this past month, it's been a lot of beef, man. A lot of beef, right? I'm not talking about rap beef. No, 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 no. I'm talking about beef between athletes and media personalities. It's been a lot going on, man. I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I don't think it's necessary, but it is entertaining. See, back in the day, you know, players would wait until they were tired to get in the media. Right, but now they're in it while they're still playing. Like they're on the desk one night, and they're back on the court the next night. And back in the day, you know, guys would visit, but but now guys are like full time analysts, full time basketball players. Like they're holding down two jobs. Well, Draymond was potting; he's potting throughout the playoffs, and Pat Bev was on ESPN acting absolutely unusual on first take and get up. Like, this is happening. Guys are doing this while they're still in the league. Talking trash while they're still in the league. So the lines have been blurred between what can be considered a legit opinion and what's hating. I think that guys, athletes look at guys who have never touched the court at the professional level, collegiate level, even the high school level, as, oh, y'all hating. Or, you don't know what you're talking about because... You've never done what I've done. You've never done the things I've done on the court, on the field, whatever the case may be. So you don't get to talk about what I do. You don't you don't get your opinion holds no weight in my mind or in the minds of the guys in the locker rooms that I play against. I think that's where we are right now. You know, we see guys like Kevin Durant respond directly or indirectly to the Stephen A. Smiths, the Skip Baylesses. 
the Kendrick Perkins. You understand what I'm saying? Like, guys aren't taking opinions lightly. <laughs> They're not, they, they don't like to be talked about. And I don't know if players are too sensitive. I don't, I don't like, I mean, I don't like to use that word when I talk about, you know, describing somebody's feelings or how to feel. I'm not going to tell anybody how to feel. But when you know, you know that essentially you are a public, a public figure, right? In the sports world, media world, you're, you're a public figure. So there are going to be people who don't agree with the things you say when you're a media personality. People aren't going to agree. And if you're on a panel, somebody will tell you right there that they don't agree with what you just said. You can't reach across the table and smack somebody because they don't agree with your take. I think that that should not happen. As an athlete, you know that people are going to talk about you. There are going to be people, they're going to be fans, couch coaches who have never touched the court. Probably never touched a dumbbell that are going to talk about you. And then there are going to be guys in suits that come on TV five days a week. Uh, who have a large following, uh, whether they work for Fox, ESPN, CBS, NBC, NBA Network, NFL Network, MLB Network. They're going to talk about you day in, day out. The things you do on the court, things you do off the court, things you say on the court, things you say off the court, things you say on social media. They're going to talk about you. Your name, a picture of you is going to be a tagline. It's going to be in lower third. It's going to be a graphic. They're going to put a graphic up on you. A graphic up uh, on you up there, and they're going to talk about you. You know that when you got into this league, when you got into this business, you knew that. So, looking at both sides, can you really be upset if they're not taking personal shots at you? And the the criticism or whatever the case may be, the takes are coming strictly basketball. I don't think that you can, I don't think you, you have grounds to be mad or get upset and be on Twitter. Like, you. I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess that if I was a ball player, I don't think I'd be uh, running around, you know, putting that much into What's being said about me Because at the end of the day If you are secure And if you know yourself You know What you do on the court You know What you bring to the table You know Who you are And you're confident in yourself And the things you can do on and off the court I don't think that this would bother you I don't Like you don't see LeBron on Twitter you know, reacting to what Skip Baylor says about him on a daily. I don't know, man. I guess just guys are just built differently mentally. So players have been beefing with the media since the beginning of the time. But I think now it's polarized with the use of social media. Everything's happening in real time. You know, it's 930 in the morning. Um, first take on Undisputed is on. You know, they, they'll tweet out a clip from the social media account and a player will be on their phone. Probably, you know, scrolling down, they see that clip, they'll reply to it. That's what's happening now in real time. Like, we don't have to wait until a post game or we don't have to wait until um, media day or whatever the case may be for these players to respond to something upset about them. They can say it right now, today, at this minute. At this minute. 
Um, you know, like I said, man, players will get on Twitter and they'll subtweet or reply directly. Um, NBA players are very sassy. Like they are very quick witted. Like they are very <laughs> they just they just like me for real. You know what I mean? Like we've seen guys, you know, KD call out Shannon Sharp. Uh Westbrook and Skip Bayless have exchanged tweets over the uh Westbrook Westbrook thing, like everything is been you know confined to the space of social media but draymond and kendrick perkins at this point they, they just got to throw hands like they it's, it shouldn't be no, no no more talking for them i feel like if they see each other they got a box they got a box they got a slap box there's no way around it bro like they've they've both said some things that personally me personally i wouldn't let that slide so they gotta yeah they gotta do it and then Recently, Stephen A. I mean, look, man, fam. When Stephen A. If you breaking out the notes app and a Twitter beef, I'm first of all, I'm happy for you. I'm sad that happened to you, but we ain't reading all that. Whatever it is, we're not reading all of that. Uh, Twitter keeps the characters limited for a reason. So when you pull out the notes app, I promise I'm gonna scroll right by it, especially when you beefing with somebody. No, thank you. So then, you ask a question about are players too sensitive? Then you gotta ask: Should media members be poor, be more professional? I feel like if you're not a former player, and you are you you came up in the media, you know you went to college, you went to school to be what you are today. You didn't get on the court and or the field, and then you got into it. If you strictly have been a media media head, media figure your entire life, I think you should hold yourself to a different standard. I don't think you should be getting um, in the social media ring with these guys, man, I, I just don't think you should be going back and forth with these guys. I, I just don't agree with that. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they should just all slap box and move on. Maybe that's what they should do. Maybe all of the media and the players who don't like each other, they should just slap box and move on. Because I mean, listen, the first player that has beef with me can just throw the gloves on. I don't, I don't do too much talking. Understand what I'm saying? Ryan Garcia already saw one of my tweets about him, and quite frankly, I'm sure I can knock Buddy out. So if he ever really wanted a problem, well, he could see me in the ring. I'm good. I, my hands, I'm good. I'm, I'm very confident in what my hands can do. Understand what I'm saying? I ain't scared of nobody, right? So. I hope that in my media career, I don't ever have to step in a ring with nobody. Because I know I will probably say some things that some guys won't like. But it is what it is, man. I just think you got to take that criticism with a grain of salt. You can't, you cannot take it to heart, man. You got to know that these guys are doing their jobs, whether you like it or not. Just the same thing you do your job. Some guys may not like the way you play your game. Some guys may not like the way you are on the court. You got to know that, man. I think that's what it comes down to. And I think a lot of players, they don't want to hear or see that. And I think as a fan, I don't want to see that, man. I don't want to see these guys go back and forth with each other like this. Because it's not, I just don't think it's necessary. Like, we're talking about sports here. You know, there's no need to be getting personal behind it. And exchanging tweets in front of the world. And puffing your chest out with a what? Old men in suits. 
and vice versa. There's just no need, man. There's no need for that. Ain't no need. We all grown men at the end of the day. Ain't nobody gonna fight. So let it go. Let it go. Let it go. The only fight I care about is the fight that's coming up in September between Canelo Alvarez and Triple G. So let's get into that. So this September, we got the conclusion to the trilogy between Canelo Alvarez and Triple G, Gennady Golovkin, live at the T-Mobile Arena in Vegas. I believe the fight is September 17th. So it's on the way. It's a couple months away. Uh, and, and right now, they've just been building the hype. And that's what I'm going to do here. I'm going to set the table, set the stage for the fight. I'm not going to give you a breakdown or uh, my prediction. It's too, we're too far off from that. But just, just set the stage. Uh, the press run has been fun so far. They've been doing a lot of press for this. A lot of media attention around the fight. You know, building the hype for this. Uh, you know, I don't think that these guys need, you know, to you know, sell tickets. I think the fight can sell itself, but the media run has been cool so far. They they had a face off. They've been facing off everywhere. It feels like, but they had a face off at Yankee Stadium. That was fire. Um, they both had Yankees custom Yankees jerseys on. That was cool. They were in New York for that. I thought the fight would have been in New York. Um, I don't know why I thought that, but it's gonna be in Vegas at the T-Mobile Arena. I also was thinking about why wouldn't they have this fight at the stadium? I thought this would be a stadium fight. To be honest, I thought they could have done this at the Raiders Stadium, but they didn't, and doing it at T-Mobile. Um, and, you know, with all the, the the hype and the media surrounding around the fight right now, the argument now is this fight bigger than a potential Spence versus Crawford fight. That's what the argument has been. And there's arguments to be made for both sides. You look at Spence versus Crawford. That's the unification, undisputed title belt that people have been wanting to see these last couple of years. All the belts on the line at welterweight. The 147-pound uh, division will be unified completely. One man would have all four belts. It doesn't get better than that. The best gets the best. Somebody's O has to go. All four belts are on the line. That's huge. That's huge. That's huge. On the flip side. You got Canelo Alvarez just coming off a loss against Dimitri Bivol at 175. He's returning back to 168 to defend his undisputed crown against Triple G, who's coming up to 168. These guys have bad blood. It's the third time they would have fought. Both fights were controversial. Some people feel like Canelo lost both. Some people feel like Canelo won the second one but lost the first. It's a lot that goes into this fight. You know, failed drug test, uh, the, the bad blood because of that, that, you know, Triple G still talks about. And there's a lot of energy on his side, even though, you know, Canelo is basically in the prime of his career and, and Triple G is it's coming to an end for him. Um, this still is a fight that casual fans and some hardcore fans like myself want to see i feel like there were better fights for for canelo out there way better fights more entertaining fights but this is the fight we get and um i think at this time spence and crawford is a bigger fight i think it's a bigger draw i really do i, I just think that the, that's just the best fight and the best right there 
undisputed title fight, it doesn't get bigger than that. It doesn't. It doesn't. Even with Canelo, the face of boxing right now. It just, this 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 fight just feels lukewarm com- compared to what we've seen from him in the past. I mean, I think the, the Caleb Plant fight was a bigger fight than this. I think the Billy Joe Saunders fight was a bigger fight than this. Uh, I, I just don't think that this fight holds the weight at this time, at this point in time. This fight doesn't hold the weight that a Spencer Crawford fight would hold. Um, and, you know, of course, they'll point to the ticket sales and they'll point to the pay-per-view numbers, but... We'll see, man, if, if that fight even gets made. I hope that fight gets made in October. That would be nice to have these two fights back-to-back like that. Um, but at this moment, I think Spence and Crawford is the bigger fight. Um, there is bad blood between these guys. I, it's clear, man, Canelo doesn't like Triple G at all. Um, he called him an asshole, a fake nice guy. Told him he's going to send him into retirement. He has nothing but smoke for Triple G. It's nothing. They, listen, they, they shouldn't have taught the man English. They shouldn't because he been he 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 been talking that talk, man. He been talking that talk. He told the man that he was giving him his last big payday, sending him into retirement. Which, if Canelo does uh, get past Triple G, not only get past him, I think if he knocks Triple G out or stops him, that will be the last that we see of Triple G. Quite frankly. Because I think it's time for him to go and sit down. I don't think that there's anything left for him to do. I think this is the last uh, demon that he wants to exercise, um, you know, trying to get a victory over Canelo. But if he doesn't do it, I think it's time for him to go ahead and hang it up, man, because he's he's breaking down. It, and you can see it. You can see it. You can see it. I, I go back to that uh, fight against Sergio Dervinchenko a couple years back. I, I thought he was losing that fight. You, you understand what I'm saying? I thought he lost that fight. Right, but Canelo, man, he has nothing but smoke for Triple G. Then you look at Triple G on the other hand, who believes that Canelo is just hyping himself up and keeps saying he doesn't understand why he's being so personal. Fam, you dragged this man for months over the failed drug test, and you still talk about it. Talking about, I don't understand, dog. If somebody continued to drag my name through the mud, I would feel a way too. I'm, so, I would. If somebody would keep talking about something that happened in the past uh, years back and, and, and they keep bringing it up every chance they get, uh, every interview, uh, I would I would feel a way too. I wouldn't like you. We're not, no, we're not cool. Do I respect what you do in the ring? Sure. But do I like you, respect you as a man? I don't know. I don't know. Because you seem messy. You seem gossipy. You know, it seems like you're working for the shade room over there, Gennady. It just doesn't it doesn't look good. So I understand Canelo, um, you know, talking the way he's been talking. I get it. I understand it. I, I like it. I love it. You know, make me feel make me feel this, you know, and Triple G, you may have a point. You know, Canelo might be trying to sell some tickets, even though he says he doesn't need to. But make me feel this fight, man. Bring energy to this fight. Breathe some life into it because, quite frankly, I'm sitting here. It's July 4th. We're a couple months out. I'm a little hyped for it, but I don't think that everybody is hyped. I don't think everybody's buying this fight. I don't know if they're going to sell out T-Mobile Arena, especially with the ticket prices being as high as they are. I really don't know if this fight is as big. as It's not as big as it was five years ago. We know that. Sure isn't. Surely isn't. 
This is this does not have the same feel that Canelo Triple G one had, Canelo Triple G two had. This is a fight that some feel like has been long overdue. A fight that I thought shouldn't have even happened. Shouldn't even be happening. You know, Triple G fights are rare. They're more rare in today's age in boxing. I think the last one we saw was uh, Fury and Wilder, but they're not as common as it used to be. You know, guys are fighting each other once and moving on to the next thing. Or they may have a rematch clause, fight twice, and then they're moving on. We don't see guys win one, lose one, or win one, draw one, and then run it back a third time like we used to back in the day. So I guess that maybe the energy around the trilogy itself and it just being a trilogy in the history between these two, yeah, there is some hype there. But you look at what they've done after the fact. And where their careers have gone after the last time that they fought each other. And that's why it it just doesn't feel like this fight is big. You look at what Triple G has done since the, uh, the last time he fought Canelo Alvarez. Oh, why is why why are we doing this? What's happening? Hold on. Okay, here we go. You look at the last time he fought Canelo, which was September fifteenth, twenty eighteen. He lost. After that, he fought Steve Rolls, KO'd him in four. Then, um, fought Sergio Devinchenko, which I felt that he lost that fight. That was October twenty nineteen, right? Then he beats um, another TKO. He bought, uh, what was that? Uh, look at this, this guy's fighting in Florida. Ew. Um, Camille, I don't even remember that fight. Like, I really don't even remember that fight. And this is at 160. Then his last fight, April 9th of this year, against um, Ryan Murata, uh TKO in the ninth round. Right, so the only name on here. Sergio Derenchenko. Then you look at what Canelo's done since the last time he fought uh, Triple G. He TKO Rocky Fielding for the super middleweight title. Beat Daniel Jacobs. Beat Sergio Kovalev at 175. Beat Kellum Smith. Um, the Billy Joe Saunders. He became undisputed at 168. Then he just took an L uh, to Dimitri Bivol. So you look at the journey that these two have been on. It's, it's been completely... Polar opposite. Different level of opponents. Different level of importance when it comes to fights. And now they're here again meeting back, you know, in the ring again. So you look at it and it's like, who needs this fight more? Obviously, it's Triple G. Obviously. I think that Triple G needs this fight more than Canelo uh, from a financial standpoint. And from a personal standpoint, he, he needs to beat this man. He believes in his heart he can do it. He believes that he won the first fight. He believes he probably believes he won the second fight. Triple G wants to beat Canelo. Simple as that. He needs this fight. Canelo doesn't need this fight, but it would be sure would be horrible if he were to lose it. What Canelo needs is a KO. He needs a knockout. He cannot win this fight by decision. That won't make people forget what happened earlier in uh earlier this year in April. This past uh what was it? When did he fight uh Bivol? 
This past May, excuse me. A decision won't get you that, man. People don't want to see a decision. A decision. They, I, I want to see you knock them out. I don't want no excuses. want to hear about the judges. Nothing. No, I want you to knock them out. And then when you do knock them out, what are we going to hear? Oh, he's old. Uh, he was old when he fought him the first two times. Canelo was always the younger fighter. Canelo didn't just magically become the younger fighter. It is what it is. Simple as that. But Canelo needs to knock him out. It has to be an impressive. A knockout or a stoppage, man. You, you, you can't let this one go all 12. No way. No way. You, you got you to gotta prove that you are indeed back and you are still who you are. You, you, you're still that man, right? You're still the baddest man on the planet. You've got to. You've got to. You don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. It's the only way. It's the only way because anything less, people ain't trying to see that, man. People are not trying to see that. They're not. They, they want to see you put them to sleep. They want to see you to put them to sleep, and I do. I know I do. For sure. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Uh, I'm trying to think. Do I have anything else? For this one? Uh, nah, man. I think we can move on to the next thing, which will be... Oh, we got to get into the NBA free agency frenzy, man. Because, I mean, if you thought the NFL offseason was wild... Look what's been going on. It's only been a couple of days. Only been a couple of days. And the NBA is already wilding out. So we got we got to get into that. So I hope that whenever you hear this, by the time you hear this, that nobody's traded or like this episode gets dated within the next like half hour that you hear this. But as of right now, as of, as of our recording and dropping this on July 4th, Kevin Durant still with the Brooklyn Nets. Donovan Mitchell is still with the Utah Jazz, and Kyrie Irving is still with the Brooklyn Nets. These are these guys are still there. Everybody right now is still where they are, unless they've already been moved. Okay, but we have to, got to talk about the rise and fall of the scary hours Nets, man. They. Uh, nah, bro, because y'all told me. That Katie and Kyrie was gonna do this. Katie, Kyrie, Harden was gonna do this. They was gonna do that. What did they do? Nothing. They barely played together. Injuries. COVID. It all just wrecked it. So how do we judge the failure of the scary hours nets? I mean, you get swept in the first round of the playoffs this year. You lose to the Bucks last year. This team was supposed to, I mean, they were putting them in the, in the finals when they got put together. They put them in the finals when they got put together. And as, as, as fast as they came, as, as fast as they are going, it's over, man. It, it just didn't work out. It didn't work out. It didn't work out. I mean, Harden left. He, he got traded to Philly. He forced his way out. Um, you know, the reports came out that Kyrie wanted out, but then he opted in. But he still wants out. He wants to go to L.A. apparently. Um, and then the day after that, KD requested a trade. What went wrong? And what is Ben Simmons going to do? 
He might retire. Ben Simmons might, like, oh, my God. Like, he really might retire, bro. This is crazy. This is crazy. I I don't think Steve Nash signed up for this. Can't couldn't have been. Couldn't have been. This is this is insane. This is crazy. Um What's next for these guys? No clue. The KD sweepstakes feels like every day there's a new team that's interested. I think all of the teams are interested. I don't think anybody's not interested in trying to land Kevin Durant. I think everybody's interested, but the teams that that's been ringing out, it's been the Raptors, the Suns, the Heat. If I had to pick a team in the East and a team in the West where I would like to see KD go, obviously I would love to see him go to Miami. I want him to go to Miami when he left OKC to go to the Warriors. When he left the Warriors to go to Brooklyn, I want him to go to Miami. Oh, I'm sorry. I want one of the best in the world to come to South Beach. I Absolutely. Duh. But I really want him to go to Miami, though. If he was staying in the East, I would love to see him in Miami. Him and Jimmy together, chef's kiss. Going to the finals. For sure. And we're winning it. But if you had to go to the West, I don't want to see him go to the Suns. Y'all know how I feel about the Suns. Don't like the Suns. Don't like Devin Booker. Don't like Chris Paul. Don't like any of the Suns. Don't like the Suns fans. Actually, I don't even like the state of Arizona. I don't even like the city of Phoenix, if you want to be real. Not really a fan of them. Quite frankly. But I would love to see him in Dallas. KD and Luka? Oh, good heavens. Oh, good heavens. Because, listen, man, you put another star, not the superstar, next to Luka. You keep your bench filled out. You fill out your bench. Oh, my goodness. It would be dangerous, man. It would, it would literally be a weapon of mass destruction. The Dallas Mavericks would be a wagon. And what do you guys think KD wants to go back out to the West? That I'm not sure of. I feel like there are still feelings towards the Warriors. And I think that one way to exhaust those feelings is to go back out West. Where you know you're going to end up running into them in the playoffs. And a team like the Suns, they've already got pieces there, they've already got it made. Plays like the Dallas Mavericks. They've got pieces there. They've got Luka. They got it made. And then there's also the, the DEFCON scenario of Kyrie and KD going to L.A. That would, I, I don't, that just would be insane. I, I wouldn't, I have no words for that. But what we do know is it's going to be hard to get this trade done. I think that the asking price for Kevin Durant is very high, which it should be. But, I mean, I, I I fired up the NBA trade machine, and all I did was send Kyle, uh, Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, and Tyler Hero to Brooklyn, and Kevin Durant was on his way to South Beach. So, I mean, if I can do it, Pat Riley can do it. So, stay woke, okay? Um, don't want to see him go to Toronto. I just don't – I still, even with Kevin, I, I just don't think Toronto gets over the hump again. Um, now, granted, Kawhi did go to Toronto on 1-1, but I don't know if Kevin Durant's going up in there on 1-1. I think Miami is the best spot for him and ease. But 
Dallas would be nice, man. I would love to see him in Dallas if he goes back out west. But the Kevin Durant sweepstakes, they are they are in abundance, man. Everybody's looking, everybody's trying to add him, everybody wants to trade him, trade for him. Everybody's, you know, even if you ain't got nothing on you, you you're still patting your pockets trying to see if you can make something shake. Even if even if you know your assets are not assetting, you're gonna try to get Kevin. You gotta respect that. Then you look at the other man who was trying to get out of there, Kyrie Irving. You know, Kyrie and LeBron, they did their thing in Cleveland. And Kyrie wanted to go out and and try to lead a team by himself. He wanted to be that guy. He wanted to be a leader. So he goes to Boston. And he did end up finding out that the grass is not always greener on the other side. Okay, he did he did see that. He did. He saw it. Then, you know, he's in Brooklyn. Now he's playing Robin to Kevin Durant. That doesn't work out. Okay. Maybe I do need to be back with LeBron. I think that those guys have reconciled. Um, I don't think LeBron cares how weird he is. He don't care if he hey you don't need a vaccine out in LA apparently. So why not, man? You get Kyrie and LeBron back together. If you get AD, stay keep him healthy. That's that's real. That's a real threat out there in the West. One hundred percent a real threat out there. Now you take it back to the East. You know, I, it was a move that I think everybody who watched the finals or watched the Celtics at all knew that the Celtics needed another point guard, um, a true point guard. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that Marcus Smart. Doesn't do a good job, but I think that they needed somebody else. So trading for Malcolm Brogdon was big. That was a big move, man. That that keeps them not only in contention, but that, that puts them right back in the finals conversation to get back. 100%. They needed another ball handler, man, because watching Jalen Brown dribble the ball up the court, it just made me so nervous. Every time. It just feels like the ball just does whatever it wants to do in his hands, and he has no control over it. Now, I'm not taking anything away from Jalen Brown. He can hoop. He can shoot. He was there for the, the Celtics. He was carrying the Celtics, man, because JT disappeared. I don't know what where he was, but he wasn't there. And when he was off, Brown was still on. But if he could just get his handles together, oh, yeah, it, this, is, this is a wrap. But the Celtics are going out and getting another real point guard. That was big for them. That was a big move. Glad they did that. Needed to be done. Um, what else has happened, man? Rudy Gobert got traded to Minnesota. Patient zero. That was wild. Um, don't understand Zion's new contract. It, it, it's genuinely mind-boggling to me. Somebody who has played 85 games in, in, in two years, right? Somehow is worth five years, $231 million. I understand you want to keep them. Understand that you know there's the potential, the upside is through the roof. But a Duncan video at the LA Fitness Gym just it just that ain't just going that ain't going to do it for me. I that's not unless they obviously they see him more than I do. They see him at the facility. They they know clearly they know his worth. I don't, but quite frankly. I'm not giving him more than Ja. I don't know how that happened, but I'm happy Ja got a bag. 
Jalen Brunson went to New York, got a bag. Everybody is getting a bag. It is bag season. You better go get you one. Okay? So, yeah, man, the NFL free agency. Wow, the NFL, the NBA free agency has been wild. Uh, I'll keep, we'll, we'll stay updated with that. Like, I don't even want to say too much because I just feel like at any minute, Woj or Shams can just drop a bomb and, and wreck everything I've spoken. Hold on. Hold, wait, wait. Oh, okay, it's just. Free agent Sergi, center Sergi Bacchus agrees to a one-year deal to return to the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay, that's not big. That's not big at all. All right, all right. Okay, see, I'm just making sure. Just making sure. Um, One more thing, and then I'll get you guys out of here, and then that'll be it. Yeah, yeah, one more thing, one more thing. All right, so we're, what, 66 days away from the NFL kickoff. Training camp starts soon. I'm still in the dog days of summer, but football is on the way. So, I do have a question. Right. Who will have the better season? Devontae Adams or Aaron Rodgers? It's their first season without each other. I think that the media, they're going to look at it as the same way they looked at it when uh, Brady and Bill Belichick split up. Right. Who who is going to have immediate success? Who's going to prove that they needed one needed the other to have success and vice versa. That's how this is exactly how this is going to go. Uh, I think the first thing that we have to do is look at the numbers without each other. So you start off with Devontae Adams, his number without Aaron Rodgers, 902 yards, eight touchdowns. I think this was like an eight game sample or something like that. You look at Rodgers' numbers without taste since 2018. I say since 2018 because that's when Devontae Adams really became the primary receiver in Green Bay. This is the post-Jordy Nelson era. So, 200, 2,075 yards, 19 touchdowns, one interception, 112.3 QBR. Um, you know, he had the game, the five-touchdown game against the Raiders. And then last season, he goes into Arizona on a short week. This is when the Cardinals were the hottest team in the league, number one seed in the NFC. He goes in there without Devontae, without Marquez, uh, Scan- without Marquez Valdez-Scanlon. Goes in there, the Packers beat the Cardinals and hold on to the number one seed for the rest of the season. I think that with this defense, with the running backs in the backfield, the young receiving core that the, the Packers have, you still got Randall Cobb, you got you bring in Sammy Watkins, you get to see what Amari Rogers does in year two. At the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers is still gonna be Aaron Rodgers without Devontae Adams. I think that that's something that we know. He was Aaron Rodgers before, he's gonna be Aaron Rodgers after. But who will Devontae Adams be? Without Aaron Rodgers for a full season. I know he's played with Derek Carr back in college, but this is in college. So NFL, right? It's a different scheme over there. I think the thing is, with Darren Wilder and Renfro, you can't you can't double everybody. You can't guard them all. So I think Devontae is still gonna be putting up numbers. Will he get one K? I think here's here's what it's gonna come down to. If Tay can't get 1K and double-digit TDs, we will have to start a dialogue, right? And if Rodgers throws for 30-plus 
touchdowns. You got to give him the MVP. He, he's going to have to three-peat his MVP. If Rodgers goes off again without him, third straight year of putting up these type of numbers, you got to give him the MVP again. Because obviously, we know that, right? But who needs, who need, who, who needed who more is the question that everybody's going to be asking. You know, who who was the real cause for the other success? You know, was it Rodgers putting the ball on the money and throwing Tay open? Or was it Tay getting open on his own and, and Rodgers always finding him? You know, as a Packers fan, I've seen what it looks like with Devontae on the field, right? Aaron Rodgers has like a laser beam focus on 17. He'll spread the ball a little bit. But without him, he's spreading the ball more. And then that first, like, the first game Tay would come back after injury, it was a loss because he'd be trying to force feed Devontae and it did not work. Devontae's put up monster numbers in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. But like Drake said, whoever's supposedly making me hits but ain't got no hits sound like they need me. Who gonna do it, man? Who Who is going to still... Have that monster success without each other. And if they both do it, that would be the best case scenario. If they both go on to have offensive player of the year, MVP caliber seasons, that would be lovely, man. You guys know I still love Devontae Adams as if he's in green and gold. He's my favorite wide receiver regardless. I want him to have nothing but success. But you went out there and you, you, you went out on the limb and you said what you said about Derek Carr and the similarities between him and Rodgers, you got to stand on that, brother. You got to. Because you're not going to sit here and look me in my face and tell me that Derek Carr is Aaron Rodgers in any way, shape, or form with all due respect. So whoever has more success there will be a lot of noise for either party. Um, if Rodgers doesn't have another MVP caliber season, they will say he needed Tay. If Tay doesn't have success with the car. They would say he shouldn't have left Green Bay in the first place. So it's going to be interesting. And I mean, it's going to start week one. They're, they're going to be talking about the chemistry between uh, Carr and Tay week one. They're going to be talking about the chemistry between Rodgers and his rookie receivers as soon as training camp starts. Like, it's going to be storylines on both sides. And we're going to hear about it all season. And they're going to drag it out. Thank goodness the Packers and Raiders don't play each other this season. My God, I mean, whew, what, a, what a scene that would be, the dramatics. But in all seriousness, everything is circumstantial. You know, Devontae Adams, I, I, best receiver in the league, best route runner in the league. I, I think that there is nobody else more talented than him in the game right now. Realistically, like I said, they still have Darren Waller and Hunter Winfrey. So it's either Tay is going to be putting up monster numbers or Hunter Renfro is going to become like the Cooper Cup of the AFC West. Like those are the only two things that can go this season. And then you look at what's going to happen with the Packers. Rodgers might not even have to throw, but still, it's Aaron Rodgers. You know, that's just how he rolls. But with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones in the backfield, I think this Packers offense may look different but not so different. I think that Rodgers is still going to be slinging, it to, slinging the rock. But I think that there will be a lot more 
it'll look like go back and watch that Cardinals game. I think that's what the Packers offense may look like this season, but we'll see, man. But like I said, I, I now personally, me personally, I think Aaron Rodgers is gonna have a better season than Devontae Adams. I'm gonna go on record in saying that. I think that Aaron Rodgers may win his third MVP in a row. Uh, I, I just think, bro, it, it, it's Aaron Rodgers at the end of the day. And his impact on the game as a quarterback, I think it's larger than any receiver in a league. Point blank. Point blank. I think that Devontae Adams is still going to be him. But I don't think he's going to be him. Like, him, Hemi Turner, uh, Hemi Neutron. I don't... I just don't see it being that in Vegas with Derek Carr. I just I don't know because you 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 do need to have a quarterback. I don't know, man. We've seen DeAndre Hopkins do what he does, you know, down there in Houston. But it's, everything is circumstantial. Everything is circumstantial. Um, but yeah, we we'll see, man. We'll see. We'll definitely see. I'm excited to see. Um, what Tay does in, in the black in the silver and black, man. I really am. I, I would like to see him without Aaron Rodgers and, and, and see him prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, man. Prove me wrong. I would love to see it. Would love to see it. Um, but that's all I got for you guys today. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you tune in Thursday for episode 185. All right. Shout out to Stadium Scene TV. Uh, thank you guys to the listeners. Hope you guys have a good rest of the week. Once again, I'll talk to you guys Thursday, and for the 184th time, I'm Eric Lyons, and you have just been electrified.